Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 9. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You know you're sleeping when you're in church and you're knocked out and the pastor say, let the church say amen. The church say amen. You wake up and go, amen. (laughs) 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 Hallelujah. (laughs) You know you were knocked out, but that's what happens. Jesus in verse 29, notice in your Bibles as he prayed, noticing as he prayed, his face was altered. His robe became white and glistening. Jesus' appearance is altered, and his robe became glistening in the Greek language. If you want to write this down, that glistening, that word literally means like lightning flashing. You'll find the same account in Matthew chapter 17 and Mark chapter 9. In Mark chapter 9, it tells us, get this, that Jesus' clothes were shining and white like, well, listen to this. Would you expect the Bible to say this? Like no laundry detergent. Or like no launderer, it would actually say in Mark chapter 9. Well, like no laundry detergent. Jesus' clothes were so white, they were whiter than what tied extra strength could get them. I'm on medication, forgive me. <laughs> And Jesus was transfigured. This is the Greek word metamorphosis. It describes the change on the, on the outside that comes from the inside. A change on the outside that comes from the inside. Did you get that? The prefix trans, the prefix trans means across, like transatlantic flight. In the transfiguration, a limit or barrier was crossed. Jesus crossed the line between the natural and the supernatural, between the human and the divine. You know this, you've been here at Calvary Chapel. Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. He was God in the flesh. And his flesh veiled or hid his true deity. So just looking at Jesus... If you were just looking at Jesus, you would not be able to tell that he was God. Do you understand that there was nothing special looking about Jesus? If he was in this room right now, and he's here in spirit. But if he were physically in this room right now, do you understand you would not be able to pick him out in the audience? That's why, you know, honestly, and by no means do I have a problem with it. It's just not me. I don't wear robes. I don't have special priestly garments. I remember one time I was doing a wedding. It was a very large wedding. and 
It was a very formal wedding, and they wanted me to wear my robe. I said, what you mean, my bathrobe? I honestly didn't get it. I'm not that quick, okay? I didn't really get it. So I said, no, you're you're a pastor robe. I'm like, I don't have a pastor robe. And they were were struggling. You don't have a pastor robe. What kind of pastor are you? And, you know, I'm like, I'm a pastor, pastor who, pastor doesn't have a robe. (laughs) What do you want me to say? And so they were set on a robe. So I said, well, look, I don't have a problem with get, getting the robe. I don't have a problem with wearing the robe. I said, but y'all going to have to get it because I'm, I'm not going to buy this. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Because if I bought it, I would go on to wear it one time. Then where else would I move? Walk around down the apex of my robe? <laughs> I'm not going to do with this thing. So I said, well, y'all going to have to get the robe. Don't misunderstand. I got no problem with robe, y'all. Don't take, don't take it past where I'm going. And so they got me the robe. I put the, put the robe on. It was a beautiful robe. Beautiful, beautiful robe. Matter of fact, I looked at myself. I said, well, you look good in the robe. <laughs> you, I'm telling y'all, I look good. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> I look good. I said, you know, you need to wear a robe. And I, need, I actually went and thought about buying one, but then I thought, well, I don't know where I would wear it. If I wore it at Calvary, they might think it was trick-or-treat or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have a problem with it, but I'm just saying that it's those kinds of things that kind of make people stand out and make people, you know, look and go, oh, look, there's a man of God in the room. Oh, there's a special man in the room. Listen, Jesus was the most special man who ever walked the earth. You wouldn't be able to pick him out in the audience. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. With and you wouldn't be able to pick him out. He was veiled in flesh. You know, we sing that song during Christmas. Veiled in flesh, God had see, hailed incarnate deity. So... You didn't see his deity because it was veiled in the likeness of sinful flesh. But what Jesus really was began to shine through the veil of flesh that he had taken on in his incarnation. And for the first time here on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus is kind of pulling back that flesh and allowing that divine nature to shine through. As Jesus is allowing them to see his pre-incarnate glory that he had with the Father. So the deity of Jesus starts shining through his humanity and he was completely engulfed in the blazing bright Shekinah glory. And this is a radiated glory, not a reflected glory. What was in him was beginning to shine forth from him. And guys, listen, that is true of people, isn't it? Whatever is inside a person will eventually come shining forth from that person. If there is good stuff in that person, then good things will be seen from that person. If there's dark and evil stuff in a person, then dark and evil things will be seen. Jesus said, what's in your heart is going to come forth from your life. And all good stuff was in Jesus, light and life. And that's what comes out. Look at verse 30. So Jesus had been transfigured or transformed. And they finally wake up and they see what I like to call the glorious visitors. Moses and who else, saints? Why? 
Moses, listen, represents the law, and Elijah represents the prophets. Moses stood at the head of the law, and Elijah again represents the prophets. Matthew chapter 5, in verse 17, Jesus said, Don't think that I've come to destroy the law, but to fulfill the law. So the law and the prophets point to Jesus. He is the fulfillment of them both. Now, there's several interesting things that I want to tell you about these guys I want to point out, and you might want to jot down some notes right here. Number one, they both, interesting, they both meet God before on a mountaintop experience. Don't you remember when Moses was up on the mountain? He was up on Mount Sinai, and he received the law. And when he came down from the mountain, his face was shining and they had to put a veil over his face because of the glory that was reflected. Moses met God on a mountain before. And Elijah as well had a great mountaintop experience. The odds are 450 to one. 450 prophets of Baal to one Elijah. And Elijah calls down fire from heaven and consumes the sacrifice and he kills all the prophets of Baal. They both met God before on a mountain. Number two, I want to tell you, these guys prove that there is life after death. There is life after death. Moses had been dead for 1,400 years up to this point. Are you listening? Moses had been dead up for 1,400 years up until this point. Elijah had been dead for 800 years. And guess who they still are? Guess who they still are? They still are very good. They still are Moses and Elijah. They weren't reincarnated and they came back as someone else. They didn't come back as a cat. (laughs) Say amen. Amen. Say it again. One more time. These are some good meds I'm on. I'm actually liking this. (laughs) They weren't reincarnated from a past life. Isn't it really interesting how people, if you notice this, and and people will tell you they, they lived in a past life. And in their past life, have you ever noticed they were always a king or a queen? A king or a queen. Or they were, you know, like a race car driver or a bullfighter or something like that. Nobody ever says, you know, in my previous life, I was homeless. In my previous life, I was a rat. In my previous life, I worked for the government. (laughs) You know I love you. Don't go there. Nobody ever says that. You know, the Bible does not, listen, the Bible does not teach reincarnation. After all of these years, notice they are still Moses and Elijah. And also, did you notice this? That Peter, watch this, you'll love it. Peter recognized them right away. He never met them before. There was never any previous introductions. But did you notice that Jesus didn't say, Mo, meet Pete. Pete, Mo, Elijah, Peter, Peter, this is Elijah. What's up? What's up, Holmes? What's up, my brother? (laughs) Nothing like that. Notice there was an instantaneous recognition. Listen, all those who die in Christ are in heaven. And when you get there, you are going to recognize your mama. 
When you get there, you're going to recognize your grandmother. You're going to recognize your daddy. The Bible says that when we get to heaven, we will know even as we are known. People ask me all the time. I was telling some people at a memorial service yesterday in this very room. People ask me all the time, hey, will will we know each other in heaven? Will I know my dad in heaven? And I told them, yes, you know, with C.H. Spurgeon, and we call him the Prince of Preachers because he was like a great preacher. And Spurgeon, somebody asked Spurgeon that question, will we know each other in heaven? And Spurgeon said, do you think we will be more stupid in heaven than we are? (laughs) (laughs) Than, Than we are on earth? No, we're going to know each other in heaven. The Bible says that heaven is a real place. And the Bible says that hell is a real place. And some people say, well, they believe in heaven, but they don't believe in hell. That doesn't make sense. Heaven is a real place and hell is a real place. Heaven is not some ethereal place. Heaven is not some spiritual realm. It's a place where people know each other. It's a place where people will get to hug each other and you'll get to touch each other in our resurrected bodies in heaven because that's what you're going to need, a body that's fit for heaven. Are y'all with me? This body can't go to heaven. I don't want this body to go to heaven. I don't even want your body to go to heaven. I don't want to see that. We need... I'm telling you, these meds are great. I mean, serious, y'all have to get this and uh, <laughs> edit. And uh, I'll be on the radio in Dallas, Texas. They'll be like, oh, the pastor's using drugs. <laughs> well, yes, I am, but they're legal. And, you know, when you get to heaven, you'll get to hug people and you get to touch people. Don't you remember when Jesus in his resurrected body, he told Mary, don't touch me, let me go. In his resurrected body, Jesus said to Thomas, feel my side and feel my hands. The resurrection is real. And there's a day coming when we will stand in glory before, before, before his face and we'll behold his face and you'll be able to turn to the person next to you. You're in heaven, you'll be standing there in heaven and you might look over and, hey, Mo? Is that you, Moses? Yeah, yeah. What's your name? You see, we'll know each other. Heaven's a real place. And I'm glad about that. That's a hope that only believers have. Don't you realize that is a distinction of Christianity? That's a distinction of Christianity. So is grace. Okay, that's another sermon. Let me tell you something else about these two men. These two men represent two ways believers go to heaven. Death and resurrection or life and translation. Moses died and he went to heaven. Elijah was translated in a chariot of fire. Moses' death was mysterious. How so, Rodney? Because in that Moses, get this, was the only man that God himself buried Deuteronomy chapter 34, verse 6, you'll find that. Moses' death was mysterious. Elijah's death was miraculous. He was translated. One was a natural death, but divine burial. The other was a translation. And some believers will die and go to heaven, and some believers will be translated. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty one: we shall not all sleep, 
we shall all be changed, metamorphosis, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, that's the rapture. Notice in verse 33, as we move forward in your Bibles, verse 33, these guys wake up and they're overwhelmed and they don't know what to say. So Peter says, this is great, let's stay here. Verse 33 tells us he said this because he didn't know what to say. Now, Peter's philosophy is when you don't know what to say, say, say anything. (laughs) That's Peter's philosophy. You know, somebody once said, if people think you're a fool, tis better to keep your mouth shut than to dispel all doubt. (laughs) Don't say anything if you don't know what to say. And so... They wake up. Peter says, this is great. Let's stay here. Let's build three tabernacles. One for Elijah, one for Moses, one for Jesus. He doesn't realize that he's putting Moses and Elijah on the same plane as Jesus. And maybe Peter said this because he didn't want Jesus to go to Jerusalem and suffer. Peter might be thinking, this is the kingdom. Let's just stay right here. You know, that happens. The men are at a men's retreat right now. Ladies, you've been at a women's retreat. And you know, when you're at a retreat and you're having fellowship... Last night, we were having wonderful, great fellowship. It was so awesome. Men were just praying with each other, going around the room. It was worshiping God, having communion. It was awesome. And sometime when you're in the presence of the Lord like that, and God's presence last night was tangible. It was really, if you could reach out and touch, you would have been able to, because his presence was tangible among the men. And sometimes you get so blessed with being in the presence of God that you think, man, let's stay here. You ever been on a retreat and you think, I don't want to go down that mountain. I don't even want to go home. Not in a negative way, like I don't want to go home. But more in a way of the presence of the Lord is so wonderful and so great, so awesome, so powerful that you think, hey, let's just stay here. Let's stay right here. That's maybe what Peter was thinking. Notice in verse 34, it tells us that they entered a cloud. Are you looking at verse 34? It tells us that they entered a cloud. It wasn't a snow cloud. This was a glory cloud. The Shekinah glory of God, God's manifested presence, God's presence in the cloud. This is the same cloud that led the children of Israel by day. It's the same cloud that came down on the tabernacle. It's the same cloud that came down on Mount Sinai when Moses received the law. It's the same cloud that received Jesus up into heaven. And so the cloud, they entered into a cloud and then they heard a voice boom from the crowd, from the cloud that said, this is my beloved son, hear him. And Peter wants to build three tabernacles. And the father says, Peter, this is my son. Listen to him and don't put him. Here's what Jesus God is saying. And don't put my son on par with Moses and Elijah. The law and the prophets were partial expressions of God's word. But Jesus, listen, is God's final last word to mankind. Do you understand that God is not giving anybody any new revelation? Some folks, oh, I just, God told me this. When people tell me something God said, immediately my ears perk up like a German shepherd. 
I ain't kidding you because I want to know what did you hear God say? Because if what you heard God said does not correspond with this book and what God said told you conflicts with this book, then you are wrong. God's word is his final voice to mankind. Where you get that from, Rodney? It's in Hebrews chapter one, verse one. And it tells us this, that God at various times in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, Jesus. When God speaks, he speaks in Jesus Christ. And the question is, listen, are you listening? Are you listening? And this event on Mount Hermon, the transfiguration, I'll tell you something. It was so it was so awesome. It was so uh, impacting and indelibly etched in their hearts. Peter, James, and John, they never forgot it. As a matter of fact, they wrote about, about it. You'll find it in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 16, as Peter says this, For we did not follow. Is it on the screen? Can y'all give my voice a rest and read that for me? Go ahead, on three. One, two, three, read. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Y'all too slow. Are you ready? Read. talking about this story here, the transfiguration. He never forgot it. If you're taking notes, you write this down. And John never forgot it either because he wrote about it in Revelation chapter one, verse 16. John wrote it in his right hand. He held seven stars and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword and his face was like the sun shining in strength. John never forgot it. Peter never forgot it. And we will never forget it. The transfiguration of Christ. Don't you know that God is trying to transform you as well? And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beg you, brothers and sisters, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be by the renewing of your mind that you might prove, verse 3, what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. God wants to transform you. And how does God transform us? God transforms us by his word. Do you know every time you hear God's word, you're being transformed? Do you know that? Do you know that every time you hear, you worship the Lord? 
you're being transformed. Every time you, you, you get in a Bible study, you're being transformed. Every time you fellowship with other believers, you're being transformed and made into the image of Christ. And the Bible says that we are being changed from glory to glory. That's what that means. It means step by step, fellowship by fellowship, worship service by worship service, Bible study by Bible study, learning the word of God and learning the scriptures. You're being transformed from glory to glory to glory, made into the image of Jesus Christ. Isn't that what we all want? That's what I want. You want it to? That's what I want. I want to be like Jesus, and I want to look like Jesus. And when I get before him someday, I want to hear him say, well done, Rodney. Change the process. Takes time. You have to keep serving God. Don't give up on him. He never gave up on you. Let God work in you and change you. Someday you you look in the mirror and you, you don't even know yourself. God changes us from the inside out. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch, in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.